Radio Gag, the Gays Against Guns show. Prepare to gag, yeah. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to Radio Gag, the weekly Gays Against Guns show. Radio Gag is your weekly update on how to end the horror that is the American gun violence epidemic. I'm Mark Bloomberg. And I'm Sarah Germain Lilly. We're excited to bring you this week's show, New York City Spike in Gun Violence. In our show this week, we look at answers to the question, what is causing the increase in shootings this summer in New York City and across the country? And we'll also have our gun violence news update and our in memoriam to Devon McNeil, as well as special guest Aisha Sekou from the Violence Interruption Organization, Street Corner Resources. And a special birthday tribute from our singing quartet, Sing Out Louise, to Joaquin Oliver. First, the news update. Starting off the news, ghost gun makers will stop selling to New Yorkers. New York Attorney General Letitia James announced last week that 17 websites of manufacturers and or sellers of firearms and firearm components have ceased selling nearly complete assault weapons into New York State after she directed the companies behind the websites to do so last year. In September 2019, Attorney General James sent cease and desist letters to these companies, each of which was selling incomplete weaponry pieces that could easily be assembled into illegal assault weapons. But these companies had been providing the means to violate the state's assault ban. As James noted, Ghost guns are built, marketed, and sold for one reason and one reason alone, to evade detection of dangerous weapons. Early research suggests that surge in gun buying is linked to increased gun violence. A preprint of a study released on July 4th from the University of California, Davis, found a correlation between the pandemic-related gun sales spike and the recent increase of intentional shootings. Gun purchases have soared during the coronavirus pandemic, as we've reported here on Radio Gag, and the paper suggests that these additional firearms may be exacerbating violence around the country. The researchers analyzed data from the FBI's National Instant Criminal Background Check System from January 21st through May 31st of this year in 48 states, as well as Washington, D.C., to get a sense of how many people have been buying guns and where. They then compared those numbers to the same months in previous years. The authors estimated there were nearly 2.1 million excess firearm purchases, which was a 64.3% increase over what would have been expected based on previous years. In the states where sales surged the most, they found rates of gun violence also rose the most. For example, in May, they found violence increased by nearly 18% over expected levels. The researchers analyzed recent data from the Gun Violence Archive and focused on intentional interpersonal firearm violence, but notably not on accidental shootings or suicide. It's likely that other factors contributed to the recent increase in shootings, and the study did not purport to claim causation. However, they controlled for some contributing factors, like whether states had stay-at-home orders in place and how many coronavirus cases and deaths they suffered. After doing so, the link between gun purchases and gun violence persisted. 
and in violence interruption related news. In pre-COVID February, Washington DC Mayor Muriel Bowser unveiled a budget that cut 11% in funding for some violence interruption programs. Last week, the DC Council voted to restore a total of 3.65 million to the city's Office of Neighborhood Safety and Engagement and the State Attorney General's Cure the Streets program. So far this year, homicides are up 21% in DC. Violence interrupters have been doing double duty during the pandemic, educating communities about infection prevention while also mediating conflicts. Over in Baltimore, at the end of 2017, as the city was faced with the highest murder rate in the city's history, the police department turned to a tool that appeared to be getting results in Chicago. The following summer, it rolled out strategic decision support centers in two of the city's most violent police districts. Staffed by cops and crime analysts, the real-time intelligence hubs keep police informed about what's happening on the ground and respond to crimes as they occur. The centers have also shared vital intel with street outreach workers who say the information helped save young people's lives. Now the city council have actually cut funding that would have doubled the units in the wake of defund the police cries. So as we've all been hearing about, we're seeing a rise in gun violence, an attempt in New York state to stop the proliferation of ghost guns and mixed paths for gun violence interruption programs. A couple of months ago, I heard this term gun violence interruption and I didn't even know what it was, but it's in the news all the time now. And later in this show, we'll hear from Aisha Seku about the powerful work of violence interrupters. Now, our in memoriam. Devon McNeil was only 11 years old when he was shot in the head and killed as he was leaving a Stop the Violence community barbecue in Washington, D.C. this past Independence Day. The family-focused event had been organized by his mother, who is employed by the city as a violence interrupter. Devon had always been known in school to keep his classmates accountable, particularly his two best friends that he'd known since preschool. So when schools closed in March and distance learning began, his assistant principal noticed that Devon was always logging on and completing his work. So he messaged Devon, who was popular among his peers, and asked if he would be willing to call his classmates and encourage them to participate more. He was just the kind of kid to do that. In English class this past winter, Devon was designed to write a speech about a courageous historical figure who inspired him. He chose Frederick Douglass, quote, because he wanted to make sure everyone who is from his community is successful, unquote. His friends called him both Day Day and the Dark Knight for his skills on the football field. He was a youth football star who dreamed of going pro. He played both running back and linebacker and regularly watched videos of himself playing to improve his game. He never missed a practice or a fundraiser for his team. Last season, he had scored 28 touchdowns, helping his team make it to the national 10-year-old division championship game in Florida. He scored multiple touchdowns in that game as his family cheered him on. Devon should have been on vacation in Orlando on July 4th rather than D.C., 
but the trip was canceled due to spikes in coronavirus cases there. Devon McNeil was 11 years old. Police have stated that they believe that Devon was not the intended target of the shooting. Unbelievable. Yeah, it's just it's just absolutely heartbreaking. And um, the details that I've read about uh, his funeral, which was a Friday, would just would just make you cry. What a beautiful kid. This week, we look at community voices in response to the recent surge in violence in cities across the country and New York City in particular. For the year, as of Sunday, 7-12, there had been 634 shootings in 2020, compared with 394 in the same period in 2019. That's nearly double the number of shootings. The causes, the stress of the pandemic, pressures of poverty and unemployment, Families living doubled up in small apartments in the heat, with everyone home because fewer people are working. Authorities such as Police Commissioner Dermot F. Shea cite the release of prisoners due to bail reforms, the closing of Rikers Island, and constraints on police, such as the chokehold ban recently passed by the city council. These arguments are countered by accusations of police slowdowns, supported by statistical decreases in arrests and resolutions of shooting violence. All of this is taking place in an environment of mass protest to defund and abolish police and reform policing. Recently, community activists have appeared in the news and programs such as Street Corner Resources, a violence interrupter organization, are funded by the mayor's office. Today, we are pleased to have Aisha Seku, the CEO and founder of Street Corner Resources, to explain the group's work in the community of Harlem. I'm here with Aisha Seku, the founder of Street Corner Resources, and I thank you so much, Aisha, for your time today. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate being on. Uh, we've been hearing about violence interrupters in the news, and I want you to tell us about Street Corner Resources and what you do. Again, I'm Aisha Sekou. I'm the CEO and founder of Street Corner Resources. And so we're an anti-violence organization, but even bigger than that, we're an organization that helps young people to enhance their lives, to make uh, change where needed, and to achieve some of their goals, their, their dreams, and their vision. Uh, and so with that, we're located in Harlem. We are part of the crisis management system under the Office to Prevent Gun Violence. And so we're, that's where we're funded by Mayor de Blasio. And we're really proud to be in the Harlem community making change in the lives of young people. We are challenged with a 10-block radius uh, of an area which is called the catchment. Uh, and has been more entrenched than violence. Violence is more likely to show up within that catchment area. And so we were commissioned to reduce violence within that catchment. And so I would say over the last uh, four and a half years, we've been able to see a 26% reduction with, with uh, violence within the 32nd precinct area and more than 50% reduction within our catchment area. And so we're proud of that. We're really proud when we have no violence. We went three years with no homicide. 
Well, what we're seeing now is an uptick in violence, not just in Harlem, but across the city. Uh, and when we say an uptick, that means that there's an increase of violent behavior, violent acts, whether it's brutal beatings, domestic violence, gun violence, we're seeing more of that. Just last night, we were responding to Harlem Hospital, and I think there were three GSWs, GSWs are gunshot wounds. So there were three people in the hospital, almost back to back with gunshot wounds. And then, uh, and then there were three stabbing victims. So, and then the night before, there was um, a man who was slashed in his face uh, with a razor. So we're seeing acts of violence increase, and that's not just in the Harlem area. That is, is across the city. We're seeing more shootings. I'm, I'm sure that you know that a one-year-old was murdered in Brooklyn. Yes. And that was uh, last week. And yeah. it, was, it was horrific, and it has the whole community in an uproar, right? Because anybody can feel in their spirit uh, the wrong of a, a one-year-old being murdered. Yeah. And so right now the city is on a lot on edge. Yeah. Uh, they're calling me to do something. Uh, I'm one person, and but we're looking at the entire crisis management system now across the city because there's other what we call pure violence sites. So pure violence is a model. It's a model that we use to de-escalate and interrupt violence. So there are more than 22 of those sites across the city. And so those sites have already been activated. This is not new. Just start. Like I hear people reporting in the news, like we just started occupying. We've been occupying in the city teacher in Brooklyn, and uh, there's so many heartbreaks. I recently did an in-memoriam for Brandon Hendricks, but, you know, there, there's just so many. Brandon Hendricks, heard about the shooting, the basketball players needed to have a place of release and to talk to each other and together, and so when the coaches pulled them together, my team, which is the Speak Peace Forward team under street corner resources that's our street team so the street team said we got to do something we got to show up we got a lot of kids in pain and we went over we took uh we had a banner made with his picture on it and we were able to get that banner over there and get young people one a place to gather they gathered in the park two 
uh, we did uh, open affirmation, prayer, whatever people wanted to do, uh, and we stood together. You're listening to Radio Gag, the Gays Against Gun Show, here on listener-sponsored, commercial-free radio, WBAI 99.5 FM. We're here every Tuesday evening at 6.30, bringing you the latest in gun violence prevention movement news. Next, we return to our special report on gun violence prevention with Aisha Seku, founder and CEO of Street Corner Resources, part of the Cure Violence Prevention Network, sponsored by Mayor de Blasio's office. Yesterday, uh, our Mayor Mayor de Blasio came to the uh, forum. Actually, it was a forum that he asked to have once I said our kids wanted to talk to him. But the great thing was, it was in Harlem, in what the kids would say, the hood. I always say neighborhood. And it was in a gym that was familiar to our young people, and they had very uh, open discussion about policing. And it was great that this, that same gym is run by a man named Coach Brooks, and I'm glad that you were able to be there because that gym is not fully functional. He needs funding, and so it's all multi-purpose. So anti-violence is bringing the things back in the community that kept young people active and away from violence, and that's what we want to see. We want to see Fred Samuel Jim fully functional. Basketball, weightlifting, checkers, chess, not hockey, all of the games that young people play, besides video games, right? Right. Where young people can gather and be there late, and when you go home, you're tired. That's how we used to be. We used to be out all day, we participate in so many things. You get home, all you want to do is eat, take a shower, and go to bed Great. I'm a theater teacher, so I want you to talk about the Peace Cafe. The Peace Cafe. So the Peace Cafe was started almost five years ago, and the Peace Cafe was initially started to provide a place for a platform for young people to perform. And and even those young people who are not so seasoned may have talent, may not have any talent, uh, may be afraid to get on the stage, very talented, but to give people a place to perform. So it was really started for young people. And then older people started asking, well, can I come and play the guitar, or can I come and play the harmonica? And so I asked the young people, they said, yo, let everybody come. So, this cafe is a place where you get all different ages, all different ethnicities, people from every walk of life, uh, either come to be the audience that claps the hands or and, and validate the people on the stage or both. They're mm. in the audience and they're performing. The Peace Cafe is an amazing space. And in the backyard, during the summer, we have a waterfall, we have flowers, we have tomatoes growing and basil and other things. And we have young people plant back there and create the backyard because it's their comfort space. And when yeah. we have the cafe, it's the comfort space of everyone. So during COVID, we haven't been able to have a real peace cafe. We might do a virtual one again this month. I know that we will. It's the last Friday of every month, and it's the peace cafe. And so we'll do it virtually, and people will be invited to perform. If there's anyone that wants to perform that's listening, 
Uh, it's the last Friday of the month, but you should check in with us before then by calling 212-694-8759. It's a virtual cafe. It means you can go in your community, in your house, in your bathroom, anywhere, and do your performance. And it will be on the live Zoom. Uh, Aisha, before you go, you know, you've given us the contact for the Peace Cafe. I yes. want you to tell us the contact for Street Corner Resources. That's it. That's the phone. Okay. 212-694-8759. Okay. And I love when people hit us up on the gram. Follow us on the gram. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on the gram at Street Corner Red. And, of course, my page is a regular Facebook page, my personal page. I used to say cool, but I do a lot of lives from there and that kind of thing. So let's put in I used to say cool, spell it correctly, I-E-S-H-A-S-E-K-O-U. And um, when I get a chance to post, you'll see what I'm doing or whatever. Uh, yes, yeah, so folks can uh, email also at SCR, S like Sam, C like cat, R like rat, pure violence, like pure for a cold, pure violence at gmail.com. You really have inspired me, I have to tell you, and, and lift me up while I've been just doing research and listening, and it brings me real honest to God joy in the middle of all of this craziness. And, you know, it keeps us going. It keeps us going. So, oh, you take good care of your beautiful self because we we need you every day. To find out more about working with us, please go to gazeagainstguns.net or follow us at gazeagainstgunsny on Facebook and Instagram, or Gag No Guns on Twitter. Also, be sure to check out our website to learn more about our gag chapters located nationwide, like in Orlando, L.A., D.C., Chicago, and San Francisco. And you can come to a meeting. Here in New York, we meet every other Thursday at 7 p.m. virtually. Our next meeting is July 30th, where we'll be planning all kinds of great action and protests. So please join us. Look for an invitation and RSVP on our Facebook page, Gaze Against Guns New York. All are welcome to gag meetings. And another great way to get involved is by becoming a WBAI buddy. A WBAI buddy is someone who keeps our unique volunteer-run radio show going by giving a small donation every month. And really, folks, just a modest monthly contribution can really help keep us on the air here at WBAI to bring you this live show every week. Just go to WBAI.org or call 516-620-3602 and become a BAI buddy in the name of Radio Gag. So now it's time to finish the show with our Hell Yeahs when we celebrate some of our favorite sheroes and heroes of the week. Hell yeah to Aisha Sekou, CEO of Street Corner Resources for her work with the community and all the lives made better by their work. Hell yeah. Hell yeah to Congressman 
John Lewis for his courageous stand on civil rights and human rights, and especially for the sit-down he initiated in Congress for gun regulations after the Pulse nightclub shooting. Hell yeah. And hell yeah to Manuel and Patricia Oliver and Change the Ref for fighting gun violence for all families. Hell yeah. Thanks for listening, and we're back next Tuesday and every Tuesday at 6.30 p.m. And don't forget, you can listen to our previous shows anytime on the WBAI website or on any major podcast platform. We leave you with our fabulous political singing quartet, Sing Out Louise, with a special birthday tribute to Joaquin Oliver, who died before his graduation in 2018 at Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School in Parkland, Florida.